0: Welcome to the Lead Your Life Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Barron. I'm obsessed with helping people feel more connected to themselves, the people they love, their work, and their purpose. I'm a leadership coach, speaker, self-improvement junkie, wife, mom of two teenagers, and 30-year corporate career woman turned entrepreneur. This podcast will give you the tools, insights, and real honest conversations that will help you lead your life So, you can love your life. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Lead Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Barron, and I'm so thrilled you are here this week because I am going to be giving you the secret component that will literally change all of your relationships at work. At home, with your kids, in your marriage. It is so important. And it really is the cornerstone and the foundation to any important relationship in your life. And it's also an important cornerstone for you as a leader and how you show up for your team, how your business performs, and your overall results and effectiveness as a leader. So, super important episode today. And this is going to be a three-part series. So we are going to be exploring the concept of crucial conversations. And this is really the cornerstone. And we're going to be diving in. But before we do, I want to thank one of my listeners who wrote a podcast review. I'm so, so grateful. This is is a shout out to It's Me Nikki Marie. She said on January 24th, wow, this episode really spoke to me. Thanks for encouraging us to take these uncomfortable actions. So I believe the episode that she was referring to was episode 50, which was all about taking unfailed action, all about moving forward, not worrying about if you're going to fail, just continue to move forward. And then there's another episode. If you liked that episode, there's another episode that aired on February 10th, episode 53, which is actually with one of our Women Leading Powerfully alumni, Bridget McCarville. And that episode is also about taking and trusting yourself to take uncomfortable action. So if you want to give those a listen, episode 50 and 53. I think you'll be inspired to really move forward and take those uncomfortable steps that we all need to take whenever we're in growth mode and whenever we're about to take a big leap, it's always uncomfortable. And so hopefully those episodes will inspire you to keep moving forward. So what are we gonna be talking about today? Well, I wanna set up the conversation by asking you a question. Have you ever been sitting at a meeting at work The leader is talking about the plan for 2021 and all of the new product launches that are going to be released. And you have a great idea on how to make one of the launches better, but you don't raise your hand. You hold back. Or do you ever find yourself in a situation where you have some friends in your friend group that like those one or two friends where you can completely be yourself. You say anything, you share with them all of the gritty details of everything that's going on in your life, and you completely feel comfortable doing that. But then you have other friends who you kind of share the good stuff, but there's always a bit of a wall up for you. You just don't quite share everything because you fear that you're going to be judged. Or is there a situation, kind of going back to work, is there a situation where, you know, you you miss something in a meeting or you don't understand something and you think you're the only one and then you voice it to your counterpart or your peer after the meeting. You say, you know, I just, I didn't understand what they were talking about when they were mentioning X, Y, Z. And then your peer says, oh, my gosh, I didn't know that either. And then you realize that three, four, five, six of you on the team have no idea what the leader is talking about. And you're all commiserating together and all talking about how the communication wasn't clear. But ironically, none of you felt comfortable in the meeting speaking up and letting the leader know that what was being communicated wasn't clear and that you didn't understand? Or have you ever been a leader? You've gotten your engagement survey back and it's very clear that the engagement on your team is really low. And as a leader, you're concerned about it. And so you pull the team together, you ask for everyone's opinion And you, you know, say, hey, I I really want to understand what's going on here. No one speaks. And everyone says, we're fine. Everything's fine. So all of those examples have one thing in common. And that is, there is something missing with regard to psychological safety. And the importance of psychological safety Is that it really is the foundation and the cornerstone of all productive, meaningful, and purposeful conversations? So you might be asking yourself, okay, this is great, but what exactly is psychological safety? And the definition of psychological safety is the ability for each of us to show up without fear of negative consequences of self image, status. Or career. And as Wikipedia says, it can actually also be defined as a shared belief that the team is safe for interpersonal risk-taking. In psychologically safe teams, team members feel accepted and respected. The Center for Creative Leadership published an article, and it's based on work by Dr. Timothy Clark, who says that there are really four stages of psychological safety. Employees have to pass through each of the four stages before they can really make valuable contributions to the team. And the four stages are, number one, inclusion safety. And that's really our safety as a basic human in that we connect and we're able to belong and that we feel safe to be ourselves um, and accepted for who we are in all of our uniqueness. The second stage is learner safety. And learner safety satisfies the need to learn and grow. We feel safe in the exchange of learning. We feel safe asking questions, giving and receiving feedback, experimenting, and even making mistakes potentially. In the third stage, that is called contributor safety. And this is our ability to feel safe in order to make a difference. So we feel safe to use our skills and our abilities in order to make a meaningful contribution to our work. And number four is challenger safety. And this challenger safety satisfied our need to make things better. We feel safe to speak up. We feel safe to challenge the status quo, um, especially when we think that there's an opportunity for change and improvement. And by the way, all of these apply to personal relationships as well so I just want to add that on there. When psychological safety is in place, teams are extremely productive. They have a trusting environment at work. And the Harvard Business Review says that multiple studies have described psychological safety as one of the most important factors in high-performing teams. And the reality is that teams are the most effective because they solve problems the best. And studies have shown that the teams that can solve problems the best have two factors. They have cognitive diversity, diversity of thought, and they have psychological safety. Those two components are absolutely needed. But since this is the Lead Your Life podcast, this isn't just the Lead Your Business podcast, I also want to talk about psychological safety in relationships. For the purposes of today, I'm gonna be talking about the, child, the parent-child relationship. And so what do we see in relationships where psychological safety is present? We see openness, we see communication. From a parent's perspective, we see conversations happening where the child feels safe. And that may look like a child being comfortable going to a parent and admitting that they failed a test. It might mean that the child feels safe saying, hey, look, I was at a party over the weekend. There were drugs and I didn't know what to do. And I succumbed to peer pressure and I want to talk to you about it. That is a child who feels absolutely safe in an environment with their parents to have those type of conversations. And I'm passionate about creating psychological safety both at work and at home and in your community. If you're a part of a church, if you're part of a community organization, psychological safety is literally the cornerstone to all productive teams, productive relationships. And like I said, they, what they do is they make people feel seen. They make people feel accepted. They make people feel heard and known as part of their relationship with you. And it really is the cornerstone of all effective communication. The flip side of that is, well, first of all, let me talk about the benefits of that. So the benefits of that, as we talked about, high performing teams, high engagement, innovation, innovation. If people don't feel safe to ask questions, if people don't feel safe to fail and to experiment, you are going to be status quo as an organization, as a team. I mean, forget about innovation. People have to have the freedom to experiment. And you may be sitting there saying, what's the big deal? You know, so I didn't speak up at work. You know, I'm just, I'm just here for the ride. I'm here to get to retirement. It's really not a big deal. Well, I wanna share with you a couple of examples of where psychological safety was breached and where it really was a big deal. The first example is NASA's Challenger shuttle disaster. I don't know if you all remember that, but I sure do. I remember sitting in high school class, watching it on TV and I'll never forget that day, as long as I live. But the reality is is that Lois Kelly and Carmen Medina described this case in a book called Rebels at Work. And what they wrote is the following. In 1986, engineers at the U.S. National Aeronautics and Space Administration, NASA, warned that critical components in the space shuttle Challenger had a potentially fatal flaw and would not function well in cold temperatures. On a cold January morning, NASA officials decided not to heed those concerns and approved a launch. Within 73 seconds of takeoff, Challenger broke apart, killing seven crew members, as an estimated 17% of all Americans watched it on TV. An investigative commission, appointed by then-President Ronald Reagan, found that NASA's organizational culture and decision-making processes greatly contributed to the catastrophe. And here's another example of GM's ignition switch crisis. And basically, Kelly and Medina offer another classic example from General Motors. And they say, responding to the ignition switch crisis that led to the recall of millions of vehicles, General Motors CEO Mary Barra publicly stated that the company's culture had helped suppress the voices of employees alarmed about safety issues. Speaking up at meetings was not safe. In 2014, the auto manufacturer admitted that it knew about an ignition switch safety issue for more than 10 years before it issued a recall. As 2014 unfolded, General Motors issued 47 more recalls, covering 20 million vehicles. Following an internal investigation, Barra said the lack of action was a result of broad bureaucratic problems and the failure of individual employees in several departments to address a safety problem. Repeatedly, individuals failed to disclose critical pieces of information that could have fundamentally changed the lives of those impacted by a faulty ignition switch. So it's important that you speak up no matter what position you're in and how many families do we know recently that have been plagued by suicide, or cutting, or unsafe sex, or drugs. The consequences of not having psychological safety in all of our relationships are very profound and very meaningful. And it's an important topic for us to focus on. So what does this look like in families? If kids come to you thinking that they have a safe space to share and to talk and to learn as they grow and you react and you react in a negative way, or even you react as a leader in an organization and you react to feedback in a negative way, guess what? That communication stops and stops it dead in its tracks. And that's when you get the team that says, we're fine. Because they don't feel comfortable sharing anything that would be helpful with regards to improvement, because they don't feel safe that you're going to be respectful of or even be open to hearing their thoughts and opinions. Likewise for kids, you know, that communication is going to stop. And I think as a leader and as a parent, the worst thing that you can have happen is you have no idea what's going on. I know for me and for me personally, I would rather have bad news and I would rather have to deal with that and know what's going on than have no clue. And I'll share with you, I, I was really surprised when my daughters were going through high school and I still have one that's a senior at how many parents had no idea what their kids were up to, because it was just easier for them, I think, as a parent to just not know. I don't believe that they didn't care because I know a lot of the parents, but they just didn't want to know. I think, A, they didn't know how to deal with the conversation or they didn't know how to handle it, whether it you know, be about the topic of drugs or sex, you know whatever it may be. Those are difficult conversations. And we'll talk about how to create that safe container and that safe space for people to have those type of open conversations. So we've talked about the benefits of having psychological safety, high engagement, high productivity, innovation, productive teams, productive families, close, amazing conversations with your kids, um, knowing what they're doing, knowing what they're up to, Having the ability to impact them with the conversations that you're able to have with them because you're open to having that conversation with them. You know, the reality is, is that our kids have the internet. They have a lot of places to learn about a lot of difficult topics. And if you're anything like me, it was important for me to be the person coaching my kids through those conversations based on my values and our family values, and what was important to me that my kids learn versus having them learn it from their friends or from the internet. And then, you know, the downside to that is when your team isn't talking to you, and when there is that closed off communication between you and your child, either as a leader at home or as a leader in the office, you simply don't know what's going on. And if you don't know what's going on, whether it be at home or whether it be in the office on your team, how can you lead? How can you blindly lead a team when you literally don't know the obstacles that are in front of you? So we've talked about the pros and the cons of having it and not having it. So you're probably wondering at this point, how do I create psychological safety on my team, with my kids, in my relationships, with my friends? How do I do that? The first step is all about building your personal awareness. And the reason why this is so important is, you know, we all have biases. I was reading an article, and I apologize because I don't remember the name of the article, so otherwise I would give it due credit, but that we all have a common bias that we see reality in all its glory. We think that we see everything the way it actually is and that is a bias it's a bias that we walk around with every day the reality is is that i see a portion of reality filtered through my perceptions my biases my history and so i think i see the reality out there and then when i do see it differently or i see someone else see it differently I can be inclined to find that person limited or missing something. And we really need to remind ourselves that what we see is incomplete and a partial slice of reality. And instead of letting that overwhelm us, what pops up is curiosity. So, how do we build our awareness not only as an individual within our family? but as a leader within our team? And also, how do we build our awareness as a team in terms of our own biases and our own awareness and how we, what I call teaming, how are we teaming together? So what might that look like if we now have the awareness that we only see things with our own perception of reality and that we understand that our team needs psychological safety and we also understand that we, as a parent, want to provide that to you know our spouse, to our child. How do we make that happen? Well, first and foremost, I want to offer up one thing. It is not the leader's responsibility at work to create psychological safety. We all have agency. We all have power, as Simon Sinek says, to look at the person to the right and look at the person to the left of us and to lead in that way we all have the ability to influence psychological safety no matter what position we hold and we also have as parents the ability to influence psychological safety at home so we all have the power to do it it's all about being open and learning and that's all about building your self-awareness so all right so what what does that look like on a team it might mean as a leader, you bring the team together and you replace blame with curiosity. So, for example, let's say that, you know, performance had dropped over the last two months and the sales team wasn't meeting their goals. As a leader, you might state the behavior. You might state, look, you know, we're getting the team together. Sales numbers are down. There's been a noticeable drop in revenue. And instead of placing blame, you say, look, I understand that there are probably many factors at play here. And I would like to uncover them together as a team. That really opens up the opportunity for the team to share. And again, you're also as a leader going to have to not react, not blame, not have negative body language, etc. You're going to have to really be open and curious about the conversation, asking a lot of questions. As a leader, one of the best questions that you can role model is you can say, you know, I don't know everything. I, I might miss something. I want this team to feel comfortable coming to me and letting me know if I'm missing something. And, you know, so often we, especially as women, feel like we should know everything, especially as we climb up the ranks and we climb higher in the organization. We feel like I should have all the answers. I should know everything. But that mindset actually keeps so many leaders in the dark about the realities of what's going on. And it becomes even more vital as you climb up the ladder. And it's more and more important as you kind of get away from the frontline workforce to really have a good idea And have your managers coming to you, letting you know the realities of where the business is at. And likewise, as a parent, it's equally important that you let your kids know, look, you can come and talk to me about anything. And I mean anything. And, you know, I may not be perfect at it. I may not always react the the right way. I'm going to try my hardest. But I really want to know what you're going through. I want to be able to have those conversations with you. And I promise you that I I want to listen and I want to hear anything that you have to share with me. Because I know that you have a lot of places to learn information from. You have your friends, you have the internet, you have teachers, you have other people in your life. And I would really like to be the one to have the opportunity to connect with you and to talk to you about the things that you're going through because that's important to me as your parent. And so I'm curious, is there anything you want to talk about? Or is there anything that you've been afraid to talk to me about that you would like to talk to me about? And before we even get into talking about the subject of whatever it is, I just really want to hear why you've been afraid to talk to me about it. And The best thing you can do is open up that conversation from a place of curiosity, from a place of really wanting to know and understand. And what we're talking about here really goes to the three core human needs, which are to survive, which are to belong, and which are to become. And we can't foster any of those if we aren't providing psychological safety for our people the people in our lives. So another way to foster psychological safety is to really promote healthy conflict. And I know some of you are like, oh, I hate conflict. I shy away from conflict. Well, I will tell you if that's the case, you are not getting the most out of your team and you do not have the depth of relationship that is possible with your kids. That's just simply the truth we have to be able to handle conflict and we have to do it effectively we have to be able to listen to the other person with the intent to understand and sometimes i get pushed back on this when i'm working with clients because they'll say okay i hear what you're saying i hear that i need to do this on my team i need to promote conflict But then isn't everyone going to be coming to me with all this negativity and all these problems? And by the way, if I'm doing this at home and I'm promoting healthy conflict at home, you know, aren't my kids going to start disrespecting me? And how does that work if I'm really promoting that we have healthy conflict at home? Well, I will tell you, the exact opposite happens in both cases, The more you promote healthy conflict and the more you show as a leader in both as a parent and as a leader at work that you're open to conflict, it really dissipates the conflict because people know that they can have a conversation with you and that you're going to be open to feedback instead of letting people having things fester And they don't bring it up because they don't feel safe. And then eventually they explode. And that's when you get people quitting at work. That's when you get yelling matches in the office. That's when you get kids and parents blowing up at each other. But the reality is, if you're open to healthy conversations that um, maybe there's disagreement along the way, people aren't harboring that type of negativity, because they're allowed to express their opinion. So in the end, you're really not having conflict if you're doing it properly. What you are having is healthy dialogue with maybe people that disagree, but you're working it out in such a way that people feel safe to express their opinions. So we covered a lot of ground today. And the most important thing I hope you realize is that psychological safety is the absolute foundation to any healthy relationship. And the foundation to any high-performing team are the interpersonal relationships that are taking place on that team and created on that team and fostered on that team. And how happy your home life is has so much to do with whether or not you're giving your spouse, your partner, your child, your friends, a safe space to be themselves and to share with you and to learn and to grow. And you're providing them a safe community in which they feel okay asking questions that they can't ask outside your safe family environment. You're giving them a place to explore, a place to experiment with new behaviors, trying things on. You're giving them the opportunity to fail and to fail forward so they can learn from their mistakes. And we covered how to create this environment with each other. We talked about creating curiosity, asking questions, promoting healthy conflict. We talked about as a leader, you not having to know everything and being a role model leader by showing your team what psychological safety looks like so they can practice it with each other. So, As we close out our time together today, I invite you to think about how you are going to implement this. We all are in leadership in one way, shape, or form, whether we're at home, whether we're in the office, whether we're in our community. So I invite you to think about how are you going to increase the psychological safety at work or at home? At work, it may look like you speaking up in a meeting and taking that risk and role modeling for others what that looks like. Maybe you're confused. Maybe you want to offer an opinion. Maybe you have a concern about something. Speak up. Share it. Try that on. And maybe at home, if you're a parent and you're listening to this, maybe you ask your kid one simple question. You sit down and you let them know. You provide the safe environment. You say, you know, look, I've been thinking a lot about this. I want to have a closer relationship with you. I want to know more about what you're thinking and feeling. What is one thing that I can work on so you and I have better communication? Because that's really important to me. And I really want to know. All right, you have your action steps for the week. So go out and make it happen. Take one big action this week and move yourself forward. To create that psychological safety at home and at work. I wish you all the best. I hope you have a great rest of the week. And I hope you join me here next week, where we'll be talking about how to have difficult conversations and make them more comfortable. So until then, go out and lead your life so you can love your life. Bye for now. Thank you so much for being here today and listening to the Lead Your Life podcast. Be your best self now.